Friends, I think we're all familiar uh, with the saying that talk is cheap. And I like to nuance that just a little bit, that talk can be cheap. And all of our readings today, in emphasizing the priority of action over speech, the priority of deeds over words, they're not trying to belittle or demean words. We all know how important uh, words can be, how important our speech can be, that there's an incredible power to words and we need words to express ourselves and to build community and relationships and to show leadership and to evangelize. We need words. But the readings today are going to make sure that we understand that in the final analysis, actions count more than words. And that our character is primarily made up of what we do, not what we say. Talk is cheap in some settings. And there are certain kind of limitations or abuses of language that we can fall trapped to that are particularly problematic. The first is that words can be used to sort of make us feel more virtuous than we actually are. That we think by saying the right thing, we start to delude ourselves that that's enough. As long as I said the right thing, that's sufficient. And this is why I actually think this little parable today of the two sons, one who says, yes, I'm going to do this and doesn't follow through, and the other who says no, but who ends up accomplishing the task, comes within the context of Jesus critiquing the elders and the scribes. Because his critique of them is that they say all the right things religiously. They know all the right formulas. They know all the right prayers. They know how to promise that they're going to do certain things for God. They know how to pretend that they are incredibly virtuous and holy. And so Jesus' insistence in the Gospel, and then we get this in the first reading from Ezekiel too, that you are better off to come late to the game, to change the trajectory of your actions, than you are to live in the self-delusion that you don't need to convert. He says, public sinners are getting into heaven before you self-righteous fools because at least they know that they've changed the trajectory of their actions. They've created a new course. They've changed their mind, changed their vision on the world. But you have been living under the self-righteous delusion that you have it all right and are in no need of changing your mind, in no need of conversion. I think this first limitation of words is even more magnified in the social media era. We actually use the terms virtue signaling, right? that you can signal your virtue by what you post. But in fact, most people that see your words will never be able to verify whether you back those up with the actions of your lives. That it's really easy to signal virtue. It's a lot harder to live virtue. The second 
uh, I think, limitation of words or abuse of words is to become a yes person. Right? Do we know anybody like this? Uh, like, or me, myself? I had to really learn this as a priest. Right? You can't say yes to everything. See, part of the problem with the second son is out of maybe this, this zeal or this desire to impress his father, he says, yes, I'll do it. And then, of course, later on he says, no, I don't want to do this. I don't have time for this. i got other stuff going on today. I don't want to go in the vineyard and work. Better options have presented themselves to me today. And so sometimes we can be yes people just because we're worried about the perception of the person who's asked us to do something. And we only say yes because we want to impress them. We don't want to disappoint them. And I think our readings actually call us to be much more discerning and circumspect about what we say yes to so that we can actually follow through on the things that we actually say yes to. Because we all know the problems of a yes person. They overextend themselves. They say yes to too many things. And then, then, then they end up flaking on a bunch of the things that they've promised to do, like the second son. Instead, we're called to be discerning and circumspect about we, what we agree to do, what we say yes to, and then the things we do say yes to, to be incredibly faithful in, in committing and accomplishing those tasks. It's really hard to leave an interpretation in the hands of another person. I remember I was meeting with my spiritual director once, and I was talking about how I'm, I'm con overly concerned with how somebody perceives when I have to disappoint them or when I have to turn down a request that they've made. And he said, he challenged me to whenever I said no to a request, so somebody invites me to something and I can't do it, to not explain the context, just to say I can't come. And you know how hard that was for me? Because that leaves the interpretation in the hands of the other person. So they could think, oh, he doesn't want to hang out with me. He doesn't, he doesn't support this. He doesn't want to go to this. And it was a way for me to be challenged to leave the interpretation up to somebody else. They might have bad will. They may not. They might totally twist what you've done but you leave that up to them. I don't recommend that in all contexts, but it was a way for me for a time to sort of detach myself from all of the perceptions of what others might think if I couldn't say yes to a request. So the challenge, I think, is not to become yes people. What are the remedies for our speech exceeding our actions? Humility and integrity. Humility and integrity. The second reading is about all St. Paul's great hymn about Jesus in Philippians is all about how Jesus was willing to be regarded as less than he actually was. He was a divine person, but he appeared in human appearance. So you could easily conclude he was merely human when in fact he was fully God as well. So he was willing to be regarded as less than he actually was. Though he was in the form of God, Paul says, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grabbed. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, so that he would be regarded as human in appearance. 
See, humility protects us from inflating our words. Humility protects us from exaggerating our speech past what we're capable of doing with our actions. Humility protects us from deluding ourselves and lying to make ourselves look better or to get ourselves out of trouble. Humility protects our speech from exceeding the possibility of our actions. And finally, the call, of course, is for integrity. We are called to use words. The great virtue of integrity means that my words match my actions. One of the great um, compliments I think Jesus gives in the Gospel is in John's Gospel when he first meets Nathaniel. He sees him under the fig tree, and then he says, this is a true child of Israel, and this is what he says, there is no duplicity in him. In other words, he doesn't live a double life. He doesn't live two personas. In the image of our time, he doesn't wear a mask. What you see is what you get. What you hear is what you get. There is no duplicity. A man of integrity. It's kind of contrary to what maybe some of our parents told us, that do as I say, not as I do, right? We're tempted to say that sometimes when our, when our actions and our words aren't in perfect uh, sync with one another. So the call is for integrity. So friends, the, the readings today remind us that t- talk doesn't have to be cheap. It can be. It can be if we use it to flaunt our virtue when it's not being matched by the content of our lives. Right? It can be cheap if we're just a yes person, saying yes to impress others but never fulfilling the, the promises that we make to people. It can be cheap. But with humility and with integrity, our words can, in fact, match the content of our character and the quality of our lives. And in that case, we're called to that kind of harmony of word and action. And that is precisely the harmony of Jesus Christ, who came to earth not just to preach the good news, but to give his life totally in service to us. So let's try and strive, by God's grace, to sync our words and actions in imitation of Jesus.